Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geekscapist. Once a Geekscapist, always a Geekscapist. We have a little bit of an alumni here in the Geekscape booth. We're talking about Inverse's own superstar. Think of us like the uh, the G League, <laughs> if Inverse is the uh, Europe. Ah, uh, you thought I was going to say the NBA. Oh, oh, you're FIBA. No, I'm kidding. I mean, Inverse is a great site. Inverse gets huge, huge numbers, huge coverage. And uh, there's a, a writer over there who gets his quotes on most posters. His name's Eric Francisco, and he's sitting here, right here with us. And he actually got his start at Comic-Con yes. by going to lunch with me and my friend Blake Harris and saying, yeah, I just graduated from Rutgers, looking to see what I want to do next. I want to be a writer. And Jonathan said, come right for us at Geekscape. And he's right here, and he's going to tell us what he's seen, what he's experienced, and uh, welcome back, dude. Jonathan, I, thank you so much for having me back. Man, I, I, I don't know. You have to believe me when I say I'm actually very emotional being on the Geek, Geekscape podcast right now. Because you guys did get, get me my start. I got my degree on my own, but you guys still gave me my, my, my uh, real like byline. I, gave, I made some calls for your degree, though. <laughs> I made some calls. I made some calls to Rutgers. I was like, this guy right here. <laughs> I love that we're starting day five of the Geekscape podcast at, at Comic-Con with just the Geekscape standard ball busting. <laughs> Geekscape, I hope you've been enjoying the last couple of days, but go ahead. Sorry. No, it, it doesn't mean a lot because, again, like seven years ago, I'm, 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 I don't know how, how much time has passed, seven years ago or whatever. Yeah, I was, I was here just trying to find my next thing, and then Jonathan came along, so thank you, Geekscape. I, I owe a lot. I owe a lot to Geekscape. Dude, that means a lot to me. Um, one thing that happened yesterday as well is Michael's son, who uh, now works in digital comics, uh, digital app, with uh, a manga app that's super, it's the biggest manga app, and uh, it's run with digital ads. It's like a, it's like a Spotify for manga. Uh, they were nominated for a uh, an Eisner, and I saw them all dressed up in the hotel uh, the other night, and it, Michael's son, somebody who used to listen to Geek Drum, the podcast before Geekscape, 
And he got himself a new Geekscape Forever shirt. That's the old Geek Drum logo. And he's like, dude, I still remember being in high school and not caring about comics, listening to Geek Drum for the video game or movie content, and getting into comics. And now I work, work in comics. And some facet of his company is up for an Eisner. And he came back yesterday to get the uh, Geekscape Forever shirt. And I was like, dude, that makes me so happy. How are you? And he's like, the Eisners are a very long show. <laughs> That's Comic-Con for you, man. That is Comic-Con for you. It is a war. And some days are up, some days are down. But what are you going to do? You just have to weather it while getting broker and broker. Absolutely. Yes. No. I mean, uh, every time I charge a Lyft ride, it's like, yep, that's going to have to be uh, expensing that. Like, thank God. Thank, thank God I'm on company dime here, <laughs> to be honest with you. Oh, totally. I don't know if I can expense the $100 Totoro statue I just bought, <laughs> but damn well if I'm going to try. I just spent maybe 60 bucks on that. Uh, I'm pointing. You can't see in the uh, Geekscape podcast, but I'm pointing towards a How I Met Your Mother print of the How I Met Your Mother characters as like superheroes done by Andy Park, who's actually like the Marvel Studios like visual di- director. Um, he, uh, long story short, he did it as a, as a wrap gift for the, for the crew. Uh, I spent, I have my own print and I spent like 60 bucks. That, that's, that's like, ooh, that's my splurge for Comic-Con. Not bad. I think if you keep your splurge to under a hundred bucks, which I did by two dollars, uh, I think that you can get out of here okay. Uh, but I have not, uh, I've not checked out of the hotel yet, and we've been here a week. So Geekscape is. I've specifically been in this booth most of the time with Matt Kelly. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, what have you experienced? And also the Marvel stuff that we talked about on the podcast last night, the big Marvel reveal. I went home and watched the Wakanda Forever trailer. I watched the new She-Hulk trailer. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Marvel stuff? And also, like, what are you experience? I'm kind of throwing a lot at you at once. Yeah, of course. All right. So, well, at Comic-Con, of course, I'm also here working. So I got to do some really cool uh, one-on-one interviews. I got to talk to David Dasmalchian, uh, the actor of uh, from Suicide Squad. Uh, oh, I know who David is. Uh, we go to the same Starbucks. <laughs> David used to throw tires at the park with me. Really? Yeah, David is a homie. And, and not only that. If you see his movie Animals that he shot about his drug addiction in yes. Chicago, yes. both George and I, and I believe Geekscape, are thanked in the credits because we helped him get a studio space. We, well, we had a studio space back in the day. We let him use it for free to finish the movie. In the, I don't think the sequence, I don't think the, that specific sequence is in the movie, but David has always been so gracious. Uh, he first of all, he doesn't want to come on Geekscape. No, I, I, he does want to come on Geekscape, but this is a man who's completely been in demand. I want him to come on for his comic book Count Crowley, which yes. I love. Great comic. But uh, yeah, David is a hot. I mean, after playing Polka Dot Man, he's yeah. the hot dude in Hollywood. I wish I, I wish I dropped your name during the conversation because we I, I had a lovely conversation with him about art and storytelling. You would have had to say he claims to know you. No <laughs> uh, Other things, um, you know, I checked out the. There's a couple cool activations here. The Gray Man's activation. Bit of a long wait, but basically at the end of it, you come away with like a cool social video of you feeling like you're in an action movie. Very cool stuff. You basically run on top of a train while explosions are behind you. Cool stuff. Uh, House of the Dragon. There's this whole like ritual of like picking up an egg and dropping it in something, and maybe you'll come out with a dragon. And then an end. what happens if you don't come out with a dragon? Do some people not come out with a dragon? I, in my group, nothing came out. So the guy was just like, "Oh, sorry, you don't have any dragons." <laughs> what happens if you come out with a dragon? Because I think Katie went through it and maybe came out with a dragon. She didn't tell us. I have no idea. No one, no one in our like group, like like you know, it's kind of like a theme park thing. You go in batches of people. Um, no one came out with a dragon. So if someone came out with a dragon this weekend. I'd love to hear about it because I have no idea 
what. But it also ends with another photo op on the Iron Throne, which is not, you know, still cool, still works after like what ten years of, of that thing. So yeah, yeah. And I heard the Iron Throne is massive. Like it is a mega Iron Throne version of what we saw. I mean, it's just bigger than what we saw in the show. Maybe more accurate to the books, because in the books, uh, not that I've really read Game of Thrones intensely, but I, to my understanding, the Iron Throne is actually like this huge freaking thing uh it's actually like one it's actually on like this huge like staircase and then there's more swords than than you know they filmed it they, they minimized it for the show practically because you know it's hard to get that on camera but supposedly the iron throne is a lot meant to be a lot bigger than 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 we saw in the show like it takes up like an entire wall yeah. almost basically yeah it's a lot of murders a lot of, uh, a, lot of a lot of kingdoms overcome um okay so what else did you experience while you're walking around and like what are some of the highlights that you've had yeah, man. I mean, getting to, honestly, I'm not kidding here, getting to hang out at the Geekscape booth again was a genuine highlight. You got to make, make some new friends, make connections. I got to speak to some people that Jonathan knows. And, you know, I, I, it means something when people say, oh, you're, you're, so, you're a friend of Jonathan. I want to get to know you because you're a friend of Jonathan. Like, that was told to me at least five times in like the one hour I was hanging out at the Geekscape booth. So, honestly, that was really cool. That Comic Con remains the, the, what makes Comic-Con special still even now, after all the commercializing, is that you're still going to meet amazing people, and that's always wonderful. Um, Crunchyroll concert. I'm going to shout that one out. The yeah, they're concert. around the corner. The Crunchyroll's around the corner from us, right? Yeah. I have not visited them. It's at the new Radishell. Radishell? Radishell? Um, yeah, they held two nights of, of concerts. The first one was a Japanese pop rock band that I cannot pronounce the name of but they were wonderful they're they're four they're they're a four piece group they're a mix of like a j-pop singers but their music is more rock based uh, they basically dress up in like you know stereotypical Japanese schoolgirl outfits uh, they each have like a distinct personality um, and they're just great high energy high amazing stuff uh, I met some great people there we became like a, a, a click that night and when we saw the concert our minds melted the yesterday there was a uh, Dragon Ball concert, Dragon Ball Z concert, an orchestra. Basically, it's, you know, uh, think of your typical, like, Howard Shore performance of Lord of the Rings or whatever, but just with the Dragon Ball franchise. And that was also a wonderful experience. Uh, shout out to Crunchyroll for hosting such an amazing thing. Okay. So, I said we we're going to be talking Marvel, but I actually have to talk Marvel with Ian. Because you know that I talk Marvel on the show with Ian, so Ian's the guy who's going to talk Marvel with me. But give, us, but, but give us, but give us. I'm going to introduce you, to Ian, right now. Go for it. But what is one last piece that you want to leave for the geeks, Gavis, before I get Ian on here and pivot to him? Um, oh, crap, I got nothing. Uh, no, but I was just going to say that it was maybe meeting the guys who wrote the 2016 Power Rangers movie, Matt and Burke, who were signing at the booth. I don't know if I should name drop. I don't know. If you could totally name drop. I've been name dropping there. They've been on the podcast now this week, and we name dropped them all week. How great are those guys? Getting to okay. So the people, some of the people I was referring to earlier was Matt and Burke. Um, amazing people. I'm so glad I got to meet them. Uh, very good humor about the performance of the Morbius movie. Um, but yes, they also uh, screened about the Power Rangers movie. And uh, as if you don't know anything about me, you should know that I'm a Power Rangers nut. Uh, I did not pester them with like lore questions because I didn't want that impression on. But uh, one day I'm going to email them being like asking about like the Zero Crystals and, the, and, and, and Lord Zed and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, getting to talk to them uh, on a movie that actually means a lot to me personally, like honestly, uh, was a trip. So thank you, Jonathan, for making that happen. Dude, it, what you said earlier about people like being vetted by being friends with that makes me feel really good because just seeing you have a great time Derek go out and do experience things and have a good time Katie Caitlin some of the people you've heard this week on the show like just providing that stuff for you guys um, just means so much to me and justifies 
what we do here at Geekscape, building this community and uh, saying Geekscape forever, which is like the new motto right now. It's the new shirt, it's the new motto. It, that's what I mean. Like, this is the rock that you guys can lean on uh, that'll be here. And I, it may not be high quality. <laughs> it's going to be very independent. Uh, but it'll also be sincere and it'll be culture and it'll be uh, a nice community. Honestly, I prefer this over all the polished stuff. The polished stuff is so informal, so still just so dressed up, and you don't know if you're actually making a connection or not. Uh, when I meet people at the Geekscape booth, man, it's a real connection. Dude, thanks, man. From one connection to another, I love you, man. You're like a kid brother, and I look out for you. You look out for me. Love you, man. Thank you so much. Last thing, Jonathan, will you follow me on Twitter again? <laughs> if you don't post spoilers, because I love you on Instagram, but you can't be posting three pictures of the new Peter Parkers before, like a week after No Way Home comes out. That's right. Okay. Oh, but you heard about the me and the kid with the taking photos during Multiverse of Madness, no. posting them straight to Instagram, and how I'm, oh, I almost got a fight in theater. Oh, wow. oh, and then the kid, the exact same kid, was doing it again during Thor, and it was like insane. Oh I, t I, t I told it on the podcast. If you all want to listen to the Multiverse of Madness special, spoiler: the same dude is doing the same bullshit, posting pictures straight from the screen during the movie to his Instagram. Spoiler scenes like the Illuminati and scene in, in Multiverse of Madness. And when I went, it's insane. You got to listen to the multiverse episode and the Thor episode, uh, Thor uh, four episode, like, and you'll get the full story. It was nuts. Oh, Jonathan, I forgot to mention uh, one last thing. I'll, I'll say it very quickly. Uh, during the Sandman panel, uh, someone asked a question wearing the Geekscape shirt. Oh, we brought that up. Okay. Because Caitlin, after that panel, came here and we oh. discussed it, and she, that was some MVP shit, man. And you're the one who took the photo of her on screen wearing "Don't Hate Create." When I, as, soon as, I saw, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, "Yo, what?" So. Yo, Geeks keeps getting out there, dog. It's getting out there. Eric, thanks so much, dude. Let's Jonathan, introduce you to Ian. Let's get Ian in here. All right, Geekscapists, we got the guy who's going to break down the Marvel announcements from yesterday. If you haven't heard what went down, either go on Twitter or just listen to the day, the previous day's worth of breakdown. They announced a lot of the details. They announced all the details of Phase 5 and some of the big tentpoles of Phase 6, which is the Fantastic Four movie and the two Avengers movies. So they're doing the Infinity War Endgame deal again, but with the Kang saga and... We, we guessed it. Everybody guessed it. Secret War. Um, all right, Ian, where do you want to start? And you can do it in order of release or just the things that Ian wants to look, look for or what's interesting. And I'm going to ask you, like, having seen the Wakanda Forever trailer, and it was a pretty awesome. It was, it's actually an incredible trailer. Um, what, what did you think about the shift to make that the ending of Phase 4 instead of the Fantastic Four movie? Because obviously the Fantastic Four movie is having trouble getting them off. The, it just needed a shift. Yeah, that, that definitely had a shift. I mean, look, let me start off saying that, you know, I know I personally have felt thinking about Comic-Con and coming down here and the long lines and everything, um, what do you get for it? Because so much of the content ends up online. But I'll tell you, Marvel still pays it off. They give you a lot. They, they started off with a retrospective video that I hope they released at Stanley narrating and just showing, like, everything that came before, which is absolutely incredible. You know... Then, you know, then they started the announcement. I mean, they gave us, like, what the Phase 4 was. They got into Phase 5. So, to your question, look, you know, Phase 4 is really dragged on. I mean, we've definitely had a lot of opinions about, you know, the quality of it. But no matter, no matter what your opinion is, it's a lot of hours. So, it was probably time. And I think it's a clean break to end it with this calendar year. You know? Um, the big question becomes, with the big announcement that this is the multiverse saga is okay, the next phase of that. 
Yeah, the next phase is a multiverse saga. But uh, what did you think? It seems that the trailer confirms that T'Challa's gone. It yeah. seems like there's a funeral sequence yeah, in the trailer. In fact, um, beyond the seeming, they've actually released a, you know, a synopsis of the movie. T'Challa is dead. You know, it's implied in the trailer. I mentioned that trailers, you know, available for people to see. You know, that the Queen, you know, references having lost her family. No, T'Challa's dead. They're in mourning for him. Um, it's not clear if we're going to, going to if some of the events of the movie affect that. Um, I think it'd be really interesting since we we can see from the trailer this is a war between the Wakandans and Atlanteans. If we actually find out that the Atlanteans did something to kill him, because that would definitely you know raise the ire of the Wakandans. Um, Tricky, though, if they go that route, because now it definitely paints the, the Atlanteans as villains. But, but that's definitely something I'm wondering. And Namor is a villain in the comics in some versions. Uh, I mean, and he does look after his country. Uh, Jason Inman was here yet, like yesterday, and he said he's heard that Doom's in the movie, too. Have you heard this rumor that Doom's in the movie, which actually sets up uh, a movie about nations? And if Doom's, Doom only has to be in the movie a little bit to set up the very nation, but we definitely have the Atlantean and the Wakanda nations at war. Um, but that's a kind of interesting to be like, okay, now we're starting to see the, geog ge the geopolitical versions of the, what's going on here, which we haven't gotten a whole lot since some, the, like the Subkarians had a, an, uh, an island land on their heads. My guess is we'll get Doom in the um, closing credits. He'll be, the ta he'll be in the tag. And that gives us a year, a 2023, where it starts with the, the beginning of the, K, uh, the, the, the multiverse saga, and that is Quantumania. Uh, do you see any of that? Because I really want to ask you about what, what comes next in the calendar, which is Secret Invasion. What, what about Quantumania real quick? Well, all right, so I want to talk about that, but let me just say what I was saying about Doom. So you need to bear in mind, so Doctor Doom is a classic Fantastic Four villain. Black Panther was actually first introduced in Fantastic Four number 53. So... You know, it's actually a really interesting idea. I, I think that we're going to get Doom in the closing credits, you know, as a tag, which is going to not pay off until Fantastic Four. Um, I would love if they seeded Doom the same way they seeded Thanos, and we had him maybe in a bunch of closing credits, a lot of things. I don't know that it'll be that, but, but I, I do think that that's how they're going to do that. Um, Quantumania also, they showed you know, a bunch of footage that looks amazing, looks so fun. And this is where we really get Kang. So I think the idea of doing Quantum Mania as the start of Phase 5, because that's really where this multiverse saga is really going to be picking up, to actually get Kang. You know, the, the version, the variant that we got in Loki, He Who Remains, is definitely not Kang. Okay, so I think that that's what we need. We need this multiverse saga, as they put it, to get exciting. You know, because I think it's dragging. And the Kang that you saw in the footage is fucking ruthless, merciless, Multiverse conquering king. Well, not only did we see him in the in the footage, but the actor actually came out, and, and his comment was, "Oh, there will be conquering." <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, now, talk to me about Secret Invasion because that's the one that the next one that comes up, I think, in the calendar on Disney Plus. Uh, but you also saw a lot of Nick Fury in that trail, uh, the footage, right? So yeah, we we got Secret Invasion. We got Nick Fury. Um, we actually saw that. Basically, Nick Fury is called back to Earth. He sort of beams in. And Maria Hill is kind of like, oh, so what made you... Now you're coming back. The implication is what's going on here is so big and important that he had to come back for it. Um, a lot of scrolls. Um, it, honestly, it looks really cool. It just looks, it looks really dark. 
Did we see a hint of a scroll in the She-Hulk trailer? Because it looked like somebody is shifting out of uh, one form to another in the She-Hulk trailer. But one thing that we definitely saw was the lead up to the man in, with, you know, the the uh, born again announcement with Daredevil. We, there's two shots of Daredevil in that She-Hulk trailer. The She-Hulk trailer is much stronger than what we got originally. Not a pun. Um, but I thought I saw a shapeshifter. I might be wrong. I'm, oh, I think I might have seen it in the Wakanda Forever trailer. We definitely saw an Ironheart get busted out in the Wakanda Forever trailer. But it really, talk to me about Secret she Invasion. also on the panel. Uh, She-Hulk was on the panel no, as well? No, uh, well, so, I, so basically every single one of these had a, a panel. Like basically the Marvel panel was like an amalgamation of a bunch of panels. They would just keep bringing like cast out for each project. So, I mean, it was really cool. Um, you know, and by the way, talking about Black Panther, like, so Namor, Atuma. Wait, Atuma's in the movie? Is that who's getting lowered into that giant jaw thing that, like, you see in the trailer? Because I thought that was Namor with, like, a really kind of, like, Quetzalcoatl, like, Mayan, Incan influence. That was really fucking cool to see in the Atlanteans. I didn't see Atuma in the trailer, but the actual the actor was actually there. It was a really big guy. So that's exciting. So when I said Atuma, some people are like, what's Atuma? I'm like, no, dude, that. it's really cool that Atuma's in it. Yeah, you see Namor, and there's a, a an almost Aztec feel to Namor uh, in the trailer and I fucking love that shot of him being lowered into like a throne room that has like a whale jaw behind it and all that. So that was epic. And you caught the, the birth thing which is Namor's birth and you see the wings on the feet so which is really cool. Um, listen, I mean I, I was worried about the Black Panther movie. I, I'm actually pretty excited for that. I mean it looks absolutely beautiful. Um, again, we were talking about Secret Invasion. I mean it looks amazing. It looks dark. It looks you know exciting. I mean, I think you and I both have been of the opinion the shows have really been paying off. Um, Quantumania looks you know fun and great, and, also, and Guardians. Guardians looks so good. They show how much Guardians footage did they show? A bunch. Where's that holiday special? You know, it's interesting. They didn't mention the holiday special. Um, I need to go look closer. I think I took a screen grab of the Phase Four to see if, if that's actually in there. It's not in there, nor is. Armor Wars, but I figured that Armor Wars needs Ironheart to come out in order to introduce more armors. I have more. Rhodey is all over Secret Invasion. He's in, he's in the footage. It's actually a big thing where they come in and they act like he has guards because I, th- I think they may be pushing him like the Senate or something like that is where they're going with him. So he has all these guards and then they come in and I think there's an implication like maybe the guards were scrolls. So like there's some serious stuff going on there with Rhodey. So I think that Secret Invasion has to happen before they even set up Armor Wars. Right. And, and now, obviously, like, Riri Williams is probably going to be a big part of Armor Wars. She's the only real armored anything right now, except Rhodey. And we need to, reintro- we need to introduce her. And it sounds like she gets introduced in, in Wakanda Forever. Yes. And at least she gets a pretty badass shot in there of the Iron Heart. All right. Let's jump to the tent poles of Phase 6. I mean, obviously, Born Again, you're so pumped to have Daredevil back. But Phase 6... Late 2024, we're going to get Fantastic Four. And then the May tentpole is that Avengers movie, The King. Uh, two movies. Yeah, there's two movies. In May, you're going to end up getting the, the, the King saga. And then you're going to get Secret uh, Wars in that November, December slot uh, six months later. Dude, what do you know about that? I guess they're going to announce the Fantastic Forecast at D23. I thought they were going to announce it yesterday. I would heard they were going to announce it yesterday. Uh, what's the story there? Yeah, I think they're holding that back. Um, it definitely left a lot of things to still be announced for Phase 6, whether it be D23 or later. Um, and I think the big thing, so yes, the Fantastic Forecast, 
And we've talked a lot of times about our speculation on that. And then, of course, the biggest thing is mutants. You know, um, they dropped the word in Ms. Marvel. So it's coming. You know, it, it's a little annoying because three years ago he said it. You know, so I really think this just becomes about the politics about D23. We should have gotten that yesterday, but we're going to get it very soon. Yeah, so it seems like in only naming three major, the three big tentpole films of Phase Six, there's lots of room in it to put Armor Wars back in the schedule. Who knows where that that Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is going to land? But there's room in there for the peppering of mutants in there. Maybe they're introduced in both the combination of some of those films and Disney Plus shows. That's kind of there's a lot of latitude. We know almost nothing about Phase Six. We know almost everything about Phase Five. Yeah, it's, the, the Guardian special is really odd because I really believe that that special was meant to be before the movie. And the fact that they haven't said anything about it, I mean, it'd be really odd if it just drops in four months. Yeah. Galaxy, yeah, the third movie is coming out as a tentpole in May. I thought we were going to get a holiday special for this holiday. Um, there's another one that's big, the fourth Captain America movie. Uh, was there footage for it? Let's stand up. Uh, Matt has to get to the T-shirt, so we're standing up and continuing to record. Um, so, Ian, was there footage for Captain America 4? There was not. They're just the announcement of the title. Okay. Okay. Any speculation on what that could be? Um, honestly, don't know yet. I know Personally, I've been hoping with the multiverse that you know they would have introduced Hydrocap somewhere, and then they'd bring that in. I actually mentioned that on the show last night. I was like, maybe you get Ian's beloved Hydrocap still. I, I just think, listen, I love Sam Wilson as Captain America. I think it, it's really cool. It's really fun. It's great as a show. I'm really worried that, you know, there isn't a major Sam Wilson plot line outside of what they did in the show that is like, oh, this is the definitive movie, unless you actually put him against a bad version of Steve, you know? So, I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, Thunderbolts also went from what I thought was going to be a Disney Plus show to a film. That that could be, inter I mean, the Thunderbolts film and the whole fact that they have, you know, that um, version of Cap in it, probably the Baron Zemo in it. That, is, and, and that only comes out like six, seven. Uh, it only comes out about ten weeks after Captain America Four. So you get. The, the Sam Wilson Captain America movie, and then you get Thunderbolts just a few months later. It seems like those are paired. Oh, I definitely think that there's going to be some connective tissue between them. And the same way, you know, you've had, I mean, I think that the Falcon Winter Soldier was probably the biggest setup that we've seen for Thunderbolts. Um, you know, a couple of the other projects, you know, End of Black Widow, for instance, which sort of led into Hawkeye. So we definitely see Yelena as part of that. You know, I, I suspect with She-Hulk, we're going to see something go on at the end with the Abomination. You know, um, I, I think that there's a bunch of connective tissue that's, that's being lined up. But I do agree with you. I think that probably something big will happen in Captain America that will very strongly lead into that. And I think that the springboard from Thunderbolts will be leading to Sam saying we have to reform the Avengers. You know, I mean, you got to ask yourself, What's a Thunderbolts movie? Who, who are they dealing with? Is Thunderbolts going to really be the bad guys trying to do good and we're not seeing an actual Avengers team? And if they do go that route and see them, maybe see them fuck up, then I think that leads to probably maybe in a tag, you get something like, we need the real Avengers. And the basis for that, we're going to see in the spring with Secret Invasion because Thunderbolts is going to come out of that. Yelena is going to have to go into action. Or, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the organizer... 
um, of the Thunderbolts that we've seen in all the different tags. Uh, yeah. Um, just call her. Just call her. Just call her Elaine from Seinfeld. We're gonna see Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah. So we're gonna see here Elaine from Seinfeld putting that team together at the end of Secret Invasion when everything kind of goes up topsy turvy. Okay, Ian, that's what we got from Ian's analysis of the Marvel. You can't ask for a better analysis from, than this man right here. I'm glad you made it, dude. We talked. We also talked about how you raced out of here to get to the Marvel panel. We're glad you made it because you gave us this analysis. I love you, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope you're enjoying Comic Con. Yeah, my pleasure. No, it's been fun. Good con. Love you, dude. Geekscape is back in the booth with Josh Jackson, our Geekscape Games correspondent who lives and breathes video games and anime. Wouldn't you just say that you're not just limited to video games, but for sure, Duncan Ropa! I'm glad I'm not the only one who's into it now, but yeah, a little bit of everything, but especially games, I think. But Danganronpa was something that was just a geek. Like, who, how many people knew about Danganronpa here at Comic-Con when I was running around the streets years ago yelling, Danganronpa! Well, after that, I think everybody did. <laughs> I got to tell you, man, um, whether Shane is on the show or not, Derek is a bit self-conscious about Geekscape Games because he's like, well, Shane brings the energy. Shane is definitely a chaos a agent, a.k.a. edgelord. But I think that anytime you're on the show, just giving your opinion and your hilarious commentary, I think that it's a great, a great episode. I mean, Derek is clean. He's an awesome host. Shane, again, is a chaos agent. Carlos has enthusiasm and a taco truck running around the neighborhood. But Josh... Your episodes are not uh, you, Geekscape. Uh, Geekscape is if you're looking for video game content and you want to try Geekscape games, circle the episodes that Josh appears on because I think he is so damn funny and he says things just almost under his breath <laughs> that have me crying, laughing to this guy. Uh, dude, your commentary is amazing. I'm so glad you're part of the Geekscape team. Dude, I'm so happy to be part of it. And I think it just sounds like I'm under my breath because my mic sucks, but. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just there's just so much to talk about. There's so much great content coming out, and it's just such a blast to talk about it with Derek, Shane, Carlos, whoever's on, and whatever chance I can get to talk more about the things that I love is an excellent opportunity. I think. Even if you're talking about missing your bus or your bus being late, that's yeah. a fucking funny story, and you make it funny. It does. You don't even have to be talking about games. You just have a very funny view of everything. That being said, what's been going on here at Comic-Con? What have you experienced? Uh, I'm guessing you've given some time to the Marriott or wherever they have some of the video game installations. Have you seen El Chucho running around? Really, what have you been playing? Uh, I missed El Chucho, but the big thing that I was looking forward to checking out once I got here was they had the Street Fighter VI demo up, which I'm not sure it's, if it's the very first time, but one of the first times that it's playable outside of like closed demos. So that was like my top priority. The first thing I did when I walked into the main hall was head straight down there, and it did not disappoint. I loved it so much once I got used to the new mechanics and how the game worked and everything. It took a while, but... Uh, how many episodes do you have to download to get the full game? Um, <laughs> well, the cool thing about this one is they seem to have learned from the disaster that Street Fighter V was, so there's a real conscious effort to have like a full, complete game and including a whole story mode with a single-player content of a um, massive roster with a mix of old and new characters. Uh, uh, so far, it's on the right track, and they've been 
not exactly experimental, but they've combined a lot of mechanics from old games into this big one big kind of overhaul of how the game plays, and it's just really exciting. Okay, so what are the major differences that you're like, besides just the DLC and not being, you know, uh, DLC to death for a full game, what are some of the mechanics that you think are different? Are there additional characters? What's a charge character, really, is what I'm asking. <laughs> I'm kidding, that's an inside joke for Geeks Geek Games. Um, well, there's two uh, popular mechanics from older games. Street Fighter 3 had a parry uh, mechanic where if you tap the stick right when you got hit, you couldn't like void their damage, essentially. And then in Street Fighter 4, there was a mechanic called a focus attack where you could absorb one attack and launch a counterattack immediately after. So this one kind of has both. So you have a separate dedicated meter. Uh, one set of buttons will parry a certain amount of times, but you can only do it for a limited amount of time. The other one is like the focus attack where it absorbs one attack and launches a counterattack, but instead of holding the buttons down, it's just like one move. So you have to get the timing down pretty, um, like you have to get it down pretty accurately in order for it to work as intended. But once you do, it's almost like Street Fighter Splatoon. It's nuts. Like once you hit the, if you hit the counterattack just right, like this watercolor paint that's the same color as your character kind of flies across the stage. And it's just such a over-the-top flashy animation. But it's also super rewarding because the game slows down. It freezes a little bit. You watch your opponent crumple. And then at that point, you could kind of just unleash whatever combo that you want. So there's like two different versions of defense now, essentially, which is kind of refreshing because Street Fighter, not as much as some games, but Street Fighter tends to be really offense-focused, especially 5. So the more defense options you have, the better. And uh, beyond Street Fighter, what else you've been rocking here, uh, walking around, seeing? Did you see like the 16-foot Bowser or whatever it was? It was a giant Lego Bowser. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, there was this giant Lego Bowser that I was surprised. It's actually it's like robotic or something, but it was moving. So people were taking pictures in front of that. Um, every once in a while, he'd pick his head up and roar, or like wave his hands around. It's right next to the Capcom booth, all the way in like the 200 section on the opposite side of where we're at right now. Um, that was on display. Blizzard had the new like Reinhardt statues on display and that kind of thing. Um, from stuff as far as stuff from the outside, we went by the Dragon Ball uh, exhibit, uh, not exhibit, but the display yesterday. Uh, they had like the giant um, transformed uh, Vegeta, the giant ape version, which looked awesome. Um, a lot of promotion for the new Dragon Ball movie that's coming out soon, which is really exciting, kind of more into the anime side of things. But, yeah, uh, those are the, kind of the big things. Nintendo had an installation this year again, but all the games they had on display were games that were out already, so we didn't bother. Yeah, it sounds like Nintendo has that issue going on, and they're stuck in a place between whatever the next system is and clearing through some of their first-party games. It seems like Nintendo has a lot of the indie side going on to kind of keep things populated. Would you agree with that? Um, definitely been the case the last couple months. Uh, I think... This past week is where it's kind of ramping up again. Uh, Live Alive just came out this week, which is a full. It's a full remake of a Super Nintendo game, but that game never came out here, so it might as well be a brand new game for us. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Three comes out next week, uh, which is just going to be a, like a massive game and kind of fitting the uh, theme of like a lot of the Marvel announcements and everything this week. This one is essentially like a multiverse story that's combining the. Which were mostly the first two games are mostly standalone. This one's combining part one and two to make one big 
combined universe. So that's exciting. Um, but yeah, outside of that, then we got Splatoon in September, Bayonetta in October, I think. So right now the drought's kind of lifting for sure. And the Bayonetta is a Bayonetta 3. Mm-hmm. It's But you're not going to be able to access 1 and 2, are you? Are they doing a reissue of any of that stuff? Because it seems like those are games that haven't been printed in a while. Mm-hmm. I think they did say they were reprinting Bayonetta 1. Um, part 2 I don't think is getting reprinted, but they did release it a few years ago, if I remember correctly. I didn't play it because I didn't play Bayonetta 1 at that point. So I was like, got to start from the beginning, and now i got to hopscotch the freaking thing. Get the first one with this release, whip a bunch of people in my hair, and then wait a couple years for two, but probably have three stashed as well. That's the strategy I was implementing with a couple different games, uh, Last of Us 2 being one of them, where I was waiting for that one to get the treatment before I could play two, which I'd already been sitting on. Uh, and then in that meantime, I went ahead and finished uh, God of War and uh, Ghosts of Tsushima, which um, I, it seems like nobody on the podcast had finished either of those games. And I couldn't believe, when I was hearing Derek and Carlos say that they finally finished God of War years after I had it, I was disappointed. But I knew Josh wouldn't have let me down. You finished that game a long time ago. Yeah, I finished God of War. It was ex- As someone who wasn't a huge fan of the original God of Wars, I thought that game was excellent. Um, I, I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima yet, though. Um, I bought it I bought it like two years ago now and asked me how far I played into it. I, I, I think I did the tutorial and was like, oh, that was cool. I had, and then moved on. But. It's very dense, and I enjoyed it because it felt like a Rocksteady game. It definitely felt like one of those open-world games, uh, and it felt like a more manageable version of what I wanted with Red Dead 2, where Red Dead 2's map is just too big, and the story goes on for too long uh, that you play it in like clusters of months, and you, when you start picking it up again, the, when you pick it up again, you're like, I forgot the mechanics, I forgot the storylines, I forgot who this character is that's over here on the map and why I need to go over there. And Ghost of Tsushima just felt more compact. And it was a beautiful game. Um, all right, Josh, I'm going to let you get to it. We'll see you back in L.A. We'll hear you back on a future Gamescape games. And, um, yeah, just drop in and let us know what's going down because we love hearing your voice, man, like I said at the beginning. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to experiencing the rest of the con, and thank you so much for uh, bringing me down. Dude, and I walked past that GameStop where we met back in the day, and it is so gone. That entire place looks like freaking bombed out. Like, like a nail salon now? It's like a nail salon now, isn't it? The whole thing just looks sad. Hollywood is, Hollywood is dead. It's pretty scary. <laughs> I think most of the places that we would always go to around here in downtown San Diego, like the last time we've been here, obviously, three years ago, and a lot of the places that we used to go to all the time are all closed or something else now. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird to get adjusted to. We got to figure out how to do what we're going to change for 2023. Uh, love you, man. It's good talking to you. Yeah, love you too, man. Thank you. Geekscapists, it is the final day of Comic-Con, as I've said before on this episode. And uh, we are in the booth with Heidi Cox. <laughs> Introduce yourself to the Geekscapists. How do we know you? Who is that? I don't- um, how do you know me? Well, I'm, we're going to get married. <laughs> there is that, yeah. You're an exhibitor here. How has exhibiting been at the con? Heidi has an exhibitor badge. Uh, is this just perks of the gig of being my fiance, or have you been selling shirts left and right? I sold some shirts yesterday during my quote-unquote signing, or, or like come by, say hi time. But no, I, I, I think it is a perk. Thank you very much. Usually I have like a panelist badge and I didn't this year and there was no panel and I'm okay with that but thank you for my badge it's interesting because uh Burke and Matt 
who we've talked about a lot, and they had the Lost in Space panel. They actually got our friends J.M. Parker panelist badges uh, because usually they buy their badges every year, but um, they offered to. So we could have gotten you a badge through Burke and Matt, who we love. Um, but I don't know what I would have done with that exhibitor badge because, honestly, um, ramping back up at Comic Con, if there's a theme this year, it's like, it's like getting the the rust off. It's like shaking the rust <laughs> off because it's not just the con and the con really like a lot of stuff was pushed to later in the calendar than when it usually is for getting up and going with things like room reservations and putting in uh, some of your applications for. There's forms that you have to put into you know like height and variance stuff. The booth stuff is very boring, very boring business stuff. Um, but the, but we ourselves were having trouble getting up and going with Khan. Um, we didn't know like who was going to be able to come. We got Matt, Derek, and uh, here, but not Guy and Shane. And so I had these exhibitor badges and was like, well, Heidi can get one because I don't I don't think I don't think anybody beyond Matt and I really is going to be exhibiting at the booth because um, usually it's usually Guy definitely gets a badge, but he's stuck in Brazil. So you were an exhibitor, and yes, I got to tell you, we've sold more shirts this year than ever. The Don't Hate Create shirts are flying. Matt's almost out of one or two designs of the Horror Movie Night shirt, and very popular is the Wyvern shirt as well. So, uh, And also the, the Geekscape Forever shirt. So Geekscape is a good year, but we're stuck here. Let's talk to Heidi about what she's walked around and seen and who she's met. Oh, yeah. So I met, I met Danny Danny Bowman, who I feel like <laughs> that microphone is so. It is not a good microphone. You almost have to eat this microphone to get it. The nice mics stayed in LA. The beat them up and throw them into the bag and get um, on the floor mic is what we have. So you almost have to I'll eat it. To and what's funny is Bruce Campbell yanked this mic away from his face. Like I was like doing what I'm doing right now, and my, Bruce is like, hey man, can you get that a little further away yeah, from my no, face? That's how, I, that's how I felt too. I'm like, ah! I keep moving my hand away. But I met Danny Bowman, who uh, she's this really amazing young woman who started a production company um, called Danny Mation when she was like, I think, 14 years old. She was on recently on the most um, recently on the most recent. So recently, recently, she was, <laughs> she was on the latest season of Love on the Spectrum. Um, so and she's very much like an advocate for people on the autism spectrum. Uh, and uh, I work with that population uh, as one of my jobs. And so I just thought she was amazing because she really loves animation. And she has a school for people who are on the spectrum that want to learn about animation. And we were walking by your friend's booth. and I got Eric Dean Seaton, who is coming on the show very soon. He's a TV director and has his own show. He's, he's done little clips on the a way time ago. Comic-Con's past. But I, I was, I got to the booth before you because you, I think you were still talking to the Dylans, the Dylan, oh well, not fan base press, yeah, yeah, not the dyad because the babies weren't there, but, but uh, and and I spotted Danny before I spotted anyone else there, and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm such a huge fan, I think you're amazing, and she and I like we had a nice conversation about filmmaking and women making films, and um, she has a short film that was playing today that. Uh, was during, I think, a children's film festival that Comic-Con was doing. So the, she's my most favorite person that I met. I'm very excited to have met her. I walked over and was like, who is this longtime friend of Heidi's that's at Eric? Oh, it's Eric Dean Seaton's booth. And I wanted to talk to Eric for a bit. Um, he's been directing episodes of Superman and Lois and 
So he's just a, a hot shot director. He's so great. He's my, he's like my hero. He's making he's out here promoting his comics. He gets to direct TV. He does some really great stuff. And you are like hanging out. And I, I honestly thought it was somebody from LA who you've known from year for years from our circle. And then I realized it's the person you've been tweeting with who you've never met in person but have been treat- tweeting with. That's yeah, amazing. A little, bit, a little bit we've been tweeting with. I just thought she was amazing. I knew she loved Comic-Con and I was hoping to meet her. And she wasn't even at like the her booth. I just happened to walk by her. So it was kind of a, a really cool treat for me. I was very excited because I'm always down to help support uh, women filmmakers and non-binary filmmakers, you know, because I'm part of, obviously Dweeb Darlings does that, but I'm also part of the Chimera Project, which we champion all that as well and sometimes even offer funds to filmmakers. So I was really excited to meet her. Uh, here at the booth, we've been offering Chimera Project stickers and we, I got to tell you, you got to stock more of those because those went very fast. Also, a few people have been picking up on your stocking LeVar postcards. There's one Chasing Fletcher Allen one <laughs> left. And, uh, yeah, we got a couple. No, we don't have a lot of postcards left. You, you know, you got to bring new stuff. There's, there's more. You got to bring, you got to bring some fresh stuff next, next year, Heidi. When Stephanie made these, she made a lot, and there are so many. There's so many more. Is that right? Is that correct grammar? I'm so tired. I don't. Even this is not a visual medium. You have to tell them that you're holding no, postcards, I'm please, holding. Heidi. Please. I'm looking at them right now. This is just a small stack. There's still a huge stack underneath the table because she ordered a ton back in like when was that? 2016 or something? And you know, we weren't here the past two, the past two years at it. Well, 2019, and then obviously during the pandemic. We, there was nothing, so we still have a lot of those. But yeah, I was. That was cool to come back to the booth and see that all the stickers were gone. I think people really like the, the like you got this. Um, I don't know if it's a motto, but it's yeah, it's a catchphrase. It's like the yeah, it's a, it is a motto. Like our motto is you got this. Like yeah. let's just go. Yeah. So like in that, I'm an ambassador. I'm the chair of the ambassador program of Chimera Project, and what we do is we 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 do diplomacy. Like we go out and we support these filmmakers. Sometimes we attend events. We give them these stickers that say "You got this" because we want these filmmakers to have confidence and know that like there are people that are championing them that have their back, and we believe in them. And so I think people walked by and saw that, and I hope that they go to the site and. Check it out. I mean, we have the QR code, too, for people to sign up for the mailing list. I feel like the stickers did a better job, though, so hopefully. Is there a group like that for um, middle-aged dudes like myself? <laughs> Probably. That's just called uh, the long. That's just called the industry, how it's been for a long time. Isn't that called the patriarchy? <laughs> the patriarchy. All right. I mean, what's the f- most fun thing that you've done since being at Comic-Con? Like, if, if somebody's not here, what's the thing that's like, oh, you missed out on this cool thing? The most fun thing that I missed out on? No, that, that somebody who's not here missed out on that you experienced. Um, that's a great question. I, I, you know what? I didn't have the patience to wait in the lines of the activations that I really wanted to do. You went on a ride last night and didn't have to wait in line. That's right. Well, yeah, because the, what is it? The Seaport Village behind the Hyatt is a very special place for us. And so, and I love carousels. So Jonathan took me on the carousel. And we had our dinner back there, and it was really lovely. There's a little Comic-Con hack for when you do make it to San Diego, Geekscapists. The Seaport Village behind the Hyatt has all sorts of little restaurants in there, and it's usually just uh, it's usually inhabit- it's usually just locals back there, not con-goers. They don't discover it. They go, they go towards the gas lamp and the parties and the 
restaurants that are flashy and it gets really crowded. You're going to have hour, two hour waits for restaurants in the gas lamp. But if you just sneak behind the rest, the, the hotels and you make your way down to Seaport Village behind the Hyatt where lots of these people are staying, you'll find an, a really secret little spot with tons of little restaurants. And there's a carousel that was, I think, built in like 1885, it said? I think it was 1885 or 1895, something like that. It was, yeah, it was really cool. So I was imagining these cowboys on the yeah i was, children, I, was well, I, I think there were more seafaring people who discovered oh, california from the in, the in that time than making the 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 trek it was 1885 but i just imagined people with their parasols the victorian whites and the, the dudes with like their mustachios and they're like well, can i take you on the carousel <laughs> lady yes and they talk like this like in an old like a yeah. the transatlantic accent Listen, let me take you on the castle, and then later, is it okay for me to ferry you in a rowboat over to the island? <laughs> we can have a nice picnic. Let me take you to Coronado Island. It's very nice. It's you're not inhabited yet. Not unless I am chaperoned. Might I ask my aunt to join us? I guess. <laughs> the, the answer. The aunt, the aunt is the old school cock block. Uh, you have to be a gentleman. Okay, Geekscapist. That's Heidi Cox. We're, we're going to post. We're going to pack up the booth here in a little bit. And... Then ship it back to LA tomorrow. It's it's been exhausting. As I said earlier, the days have been like some up, some down. But this is Comic Con, and it seems like every year it has similar patterns of like, oh, I don't want to be here, and oh my God, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And I'm next to the person, uh, nowhere else I'd rather be next to. Yeah, I feel the same. Heidi is tired, but I'm so happy to be with you. Now Geekscape has become Geekscape because. People are like, oh, that's just too mushy. Or maybe they're like, oh, that's nice to hear. Maybe they think that's nice. Okay. Well, either way, Geekscapist, we'll be back with a little bit more from Comic-Con as we get close to the doors closing. Eric is going to get in on this. Geekscapist, we are at the very end of San Diego Comic-Con 2022. This is the end of day five. We've stitched together all the interviews every single day. And we stitched today, together today's, and we've had some amazing times. We had our good friends drop by from Clark Street coming up in the fall. We got Brian O'Halloran, Marilyn Gigliotti. They were here. Eric Francisco, former Geekscapist. Always a Geekscapist. Eric Francisco. Derek Cranerveld holding down the fort with all the installations going on outside the park. We got Matt Kelly holding down the fort inside selling T-shirts like they're hotcakes. And uh, we've had some, we made some good friends. We've seen some old friends. But it's coming to an end. Like all good things, Matt, stand up here. I can I, I'm not gonna go back and forth with the microphone. Right. Well, you tell me. You're gonna. Well, I mean, they're gonna. You're, Geekscapers, you're gonna hear them close the floor here in a, a couple of minutes. In, in um, three minutes in about three minutes, three minutes and twenty-five seconds. The floor <laughs> is gonna go. That's it. Congratulations <laughs> on our new Comic Con, whatever they're gonna say. Yeah. Okay, Matt, what is the most memorable moment from Comic Con 2022? Uh, I mean. Just spending time with friends, right? Or no, actually, the real one—the real one—is Derek and I door dashing wings to the hotel room, and then immediately realizing that it is way too late to eat wings, and then still eating the wings and having a miserable night trying to sleep with like barbecue wings in our bellies at midnight. <laughs> I fucking came in after y'all had eaten that. I thought Zool was under the covers. <laughs> I was like, what is that? Are you the key master? <laughs> I was like, what is growling at me? And it was you guys digesting like hot sauce wings. Yeah. Uh, worth it. No, it was not. Honey. We got some hot honey wings. It was tasty. I just remember Matt, it was like 3 a.m. I like woke up groggily and he just like 
it was like in like one frame he's like from laying down to like running to the bathroom like <laughs> damn enchiladas damn enchiladas moment <laughs> all right eric francisco you've been experiencing things interviewing people having quite the con let's talk to you all right uh, my favorite thing was seeing just how many millions Amazon spent for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay, like first and foremost, they shook Hall H. Everyone in Hall H had like their faces blasted with like smoke and fire. Are you serious? There, there, yeah, Barry McCreary gave a live performance. Uh, uh, this is public now, but like Amazon threw like a really swanky party for like press and influencers. It basically was imagine a fancy wedding reception in Numenor without a wedding and a DJ. They just threw a really nice di dinner. Uh, it was great. It was awesome. It was I, I was wined and dined. It was it was it was wonderful. Why wasn't Derek there? If you're talking influencers and press, Derek, why did you drop the ball then? Uh, I write for Geekscape, so no one knows who I am. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the indie stuff. I knew Geekscape back when it was on vinyl, uh, before it was on the radio and really hip. So uh, I knew it with Matt Kelly before he was fired and uh, eaten by bees and carried off by bees and dropped to the Pacific Ocean. I'm still here. <laughs> You're here for now. We're still indie. We're still forgettable. We're still skippable. Uh, but I'm glad y'all are listening, Geekscape, is because uh, it's because of you that maybe one day... Uh, Derek can eat better at, at an Amazon Studios party like Eric Francisco who big time does and went to Inverse and you know what I'm talking about I, I, I dislike it when you call me big time because it makes me feel smaller so no Eric no Eric that was not my intentions no okay other memories of the week Eric what were the low points when Jonathan called you a big timer, uh, I mean, I'm not going to name press rooms or anything like that. But like some press rooms were poorly organized, and that was really annoying. You know, uh, when you when you when you when you're oh, oh here you go. Did you hear that, Geeks Cabus? The floor is officially closed. Comic Con 2022 is over, which means Heidi's standing outside the Comic Con doors, being like, "Hey, are we gonna get dinner or what?" You promised me dinner at five o'clock. It's five five oh one. What are you doing right now? Uh, Geeks Keepers, that was the end of Comic Con. But Eric had a, f a few last thoughts about the pressures being uh, some of them being messy. But you know what? That's what they're gonna correct for 2023 exactly. when we come back. Exactly. Well, at least we hope so. You know. Eric, will you be back for Comic Con 2023? You know what? Uh, maybe writing for the New York Times or something bigger. I, I, you know what? I, I, it is going to be my life's goal to make it back to Comic Con 2023. Maybe who knows who I'll be writing for then? Um, still inverse, maybe. Uh, but you know, it's it's a long year, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, if you're writing for Geekscape again, it's been a really long year. <laughs> and Matt, you'll be back. Yeah, no, I ain't going anywhere. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But like, did you guys record a podcast in 2019? Uh, yeah, yeah, we recorded a 2019 podcast. Did you say that you'd hope you would be back for 2020? Yeah, absolutely. We caused the pandemic. We we jinxed the we jinxed it. What I'm just saying is that you never know what's going to happen in a year from now. That's all I get. To, that's all I get. To and it was the last Eric time they were. It's, yeah, <laughs> Eric starts like, fading away. Geekscape. I'm Eric, back with Geekscape, baby. We're gonna give Eric like the fucking uh, uh, what's it called? The movie where the kids start fading away at the end. Back to the future. No, no, back, back, back to the future. Uh, stand by me. Eric's gonna start walking away and just be like, "It was the last time they were ever together. There was no Comic Con 2023." Killed in Vietnam. <laughs> Eric was drafted and killed in Vietnam. <laughs> Geeks gave us. I want to no. thank you. What? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. 
Derek was the low point for you. I'm not telling him. We stayed with him. I'm not having him admit a low point. Are you out of your mind? He's going to talk shit. My low point, I'm just going to say it anyway. My low point, I came in with the goal of buying a Hellfire Club t-shirt because they're not for sale anywhere in Canada. And not only did I not get one of those, I lost my wallet today. So No! 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 Derek, you could have just ripped the Hellfire Club t-shirts off of every other person in this room walking through it. I saw so many of them and Moon Knights. Surprisingly, a lot of Moon Knights. But you admit it, you haven't checked any of the hot topics in Canada yet. Uh, all two of them? No, I have not. Yeah. Okay. Or just cross the bridge to Seattle to go to Target. It's a little bit further than that, but I could. I could. Okay. Well, anybody in Seattle who wants to attach a Hellfire Club t-shirt to a rock and throw it across uh, over to Canada for Derek, you go ahead and let us know. I'll meet you at Peace Arch Park, and uh, I can bring you Canadian snacks. Those people are doing some smuggling. Uh, okay. All right. Geekscape, that's it for us on San Diego Comic-Con 2022. We'll see you in, well, you'll see me later this week when I start posting more Geekscapes and flooding your feed. So share it with your friends, hit those five stars, leave a comment, subscribe. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.